Welcome, welcome. My name is Kayvon Izami. If you're listening to this, I greatly appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter at Kayvon underscore sports on Twitter. If you're listening to this, listen, there's nothing more important in life itself than the time that you have each and every day to spend with your family, with your loved ones, with your friends, doing whatever you love to do best. So if you're taking some of that time, some of that hard-earned time to listen to me, well, we couldn't be more thankful, and that means the world to me. So what we're going to discuss today, I mean, listen, this is the time of, we are on the precipice of what I call the beautiful time of year where you step outside at 8 a.m., 7 a.m., 9 a.m., maybe if you're a little bit of a late sleeper, 10 a.m., you got your cup of coffee in your hand and you just smell the fresh cut lawn, the leaves all over the grass, the beautiful smell of fall or of football. Because that is where we are. We are right around the corner of that happening. And that melts, that that makes my heart just pump of joy. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you are a sports fan like myself. Or maybe you just love the sure tone of my voice. Either way, you are excited right now. Because we are right around the corner from the best sports time of the year, which, by the way, is a phenomenal podcast to do, like your favorite sports times, because there's so many. You know, you have October, where you get the NFL, you get NBA, and you get the World Series, you get NHL 2 for you hockey fans, or you have, like, April, where you get the Masters, and you get a the, you know, March Madness, all of that different NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs right around the corner. So there's so many times of years that we can debate on that, which is definitely a good podcast to do. But for this segment, for this podcast, we're talking about football. It's right around the corner. And what we're going to talk about today is quarterback competition. Look, if I came up to you on the streets, all right, if I came up to you on the streets and I said, hey, you have four seconds to answer this question. Simple yes or no, that is it. And the question is, does your favorite NFL team have a quarterback? Boom, right there, answer. If you are able to say yes immediately, then your team has a quarterback. You shouldn't have to hesitate. You shouldn't have to think one bit if your team has a quarterback. Why? Because it's the most obvious thing in the NFL. What I mean by that is we knew instantly Joe Burrow was going to be good. Even though he got hurt and had a couple down games his first year, you could just tell the way he took the field, his mannerisms, the way he threw the football, the way his teammates were lifted around him. Same thing with Justin Herbert. You could just tell. Now, there's also times where you don't know right away, but they do end up becoming that quarterback. And then there's times where you know right away, this guy just simply isn't it. So if I ask you that question and you hesitate, it's for one or two reasons. One, you know immediately you don't have a quarterback and you just don't want to say no. Or two, you're in that middle zone of, is he really a good quarterback? Is he really our franchise quarterback or not? That's where you're at. But if you sure have a court, if you sure as hell have a quarterback, you're going to say yes right away without even thinking because that's how important the position is. So this time of year is the beautiful quarterback competition, right? It's where we go around training camps and we listen to all these reports and we see which quarterbacks are in a competition. And those obviously are the teams where 
we either don't believe they have quarterbacks or we're not sure if they have quarterbacks. So I thought today we should go around and talk about some of the quarterback competitions in the NFL, and one in particular, which we'll get to at the end, that I think is just really fascinating, especially moving forward. Maybe not so much this year, but especially moving forward. And we'll get to that in just a minute. Once again, my name is Kayvon Izami. You can follow me on Twitter at Kayvon underscore sports. I greatly appreciate your time. Okay, so let's start with New York and the New York Jets. You don't necessarily have a quarterback competition here, but because the news came out yesterday that Zach Wilson, his uh, sir, his arthroscopic, that that word, man, that word is I can't say arthroscopic. Scopic. It's such an odd word. Arthroscopic. Um, Zach Wilson had his arthroscopic surgery. Supposedly, it's the best news that they could have, which is always funny when everyone says it's the best news you can have when it's really terrible news all around. But I guess in this circumstance, it is the best news that you can get that he really will be out two to four weeks. Now, listen, I personally think that two weeks is a far, far stretch. Even though after they said with the surgery and all that stuff, I still think two weeks is a far, far stretch. I've torn my meniscus before. And I understand I'm not a, I'm not a professional athlete. Shoot, I'm not even close to a professional athlete. All right, I did play college soccer, but I am not even near what Zach Wilson or any of these guys are. But tearing your meniscus really throws your knee for a wrench. It's what my doctor told me is like the placehold of your knee. Once your meniscus goes, your knee starts to get all weird and messed up. And I'm not saying that Zach Wilson is going to, his knee is going to be screwed or anything like that. It's just for, for someone to come back in two weeks just, just seems very far-fetched, far-fetched and optimistic to me. That's just my personal opinion, okay? He might come back in two weeks. Maybe it's four. Who knows? But right now, the Jets are going between Joe Flacco and Mike White. Now, Robert Salah, Salah, excuse me, any chance he gets is just kind of foaming at the mouth, salvating over Joe Flacco. He loves Joe Flacco. I mean, he can't go a day or a second or a minute without praising Joe Flacco. The man loves Joe Flacco, all right? Like, with the way he talks about Joe Flacco, you would think that Joe Flacco is the guy who won the Super Bowl back in 2012. But he's not. So I, I understand he's hyping up his team, and maybe Joe Flacco really looks good in, in training camp, but you can't be happy if you're a Jets fan and, and you know that Joe Flacco is going to be starting. That's, that's just the honest truth. And it's not so much that Joe Flacco is bad. It's more about you need to know what you have in Zach Wilson. Like, we now in the NFL determine back to my first question to start this podcast, whether you have a quarterback or not, we like to determine that instantaneously. We don't give these guys time to work into being quarterbacks anymore. And the Jets have been looking for a quarterback for so long that, cool, Zach, Joe Flacco could be a great story. He could come in and win a couple games. But Joe Flacco is not going to help the Jets in the short term or long term. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You need to know what you have in Zach Wilson. And all summer we heard about how the Jets had the best offseason in the NFL, this, this, and that. Yet, now we're not sure when we're going to see him. Hopefully he gets out there soon, but we're not sure when we're going to see him. That's an issue. That's an issue for the Jets, right? Again, 
Good news overall that the surgery, that there's not more issues with the knee and the surgery's not worse, but we need Zach Wilson out there ASAP. And hopefully when he does get out there, he's able to be himself. That's the most important. Because if he's not, if he's limping and he plays bad, it's going to be, well, that's because he was injured. And nobody wants that. You want to know what you have in Zach Wilson. At Kayvon underscore sports on Twitter, give me a follow. Let me know what you want to talk about in the next podcast here. And I, as always, will shout out your tweet and who you are and what you said. The next one we have is in Pittsburgh. Good old Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Steelers, you've got Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. Look, if you want to throw Mason Rudolph in the mix, fine. I don't understand for the life of me why he would be in the mix, but he is. I personally think Mike Tomlin's just being nice, but whatever. Fine, you can throw him in the mix, okay? I believe Kenny Pickett is going to win that job. He might not win it right away. But the way the fan base loves Kenny Pickett, we have to remember about Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is an older rookie. He's 24 years old. You don't see that often. You don't see often a rookie come in at 24 years old. And I love the fact that he has had a ton of college experience. I love the fact that he is staying in his local area. Look, sometimes the most important thing to people is comfort. Now, sometimes comfort can be terrible because it gets us too comfortable, and that's when we start to kind of get scared of change. But for this instance, Kenny Pickett's comfortable. Kenny Pickett's home. And that is so important for a young rookie quarterback. I think Kenny Pickett is going to excel in Pittsburgh, and I think he's going to win that job much sooner than later from Mitch Trubisky. But it's down to those two. Mason Rudolph is not in the mix. And then the next one you have is the Carolina Panthers. Look, it's not a given, but it looks like it's going to be Baker Mayfield. It looks like it's going to be, it's most likely going to be Baker Mayfield over Sam Darnold. Again, it's not given, but to me, from the reports, um, you know, David Newton with ESPN does a phenomenal job. I listen to a lot of his stuff. I'm from North Carolina. I follow the team well. Baker Mayfield is winning that job every single day he plays that the teammates are rallying around him. He is clearly starting to show that he is above Sam Darnold. Now, how far above is he? That's what we're going to find out. But he's clearly starting to separate himself from Sam Darnold. I think we all believe that. And I think when week one comes around, we're going to get the drama that we wanted. And that's going to be Baker versus the Browns. Baker versus the Browns. And it will be must-watch. TV. There is no doubt about that. So I believe that Baker Mayfield will win that job. And I don't think that's big, uh, much of a hot take at this point anymore from the reports that we are seeing. And then you have a legitimate competition up in the Northeast. And this to me is one of the most fascinating competitions. And you might say, Kayvon, what is wrong with you to use the word fascinating and Drew Locke and Geno Smith together? But I find it fascinating because Geno Smith is the incumbent. And he right now looks like, as, as the betting odds, as you would say in terms of the Vegas odds, he looks as, the, as he's the favorite, okay? And he would be the favorite right now. But there's a very interesting screwball into all of this. And I haven't heard enough people talking about this. And that is what 
John Snyder, the general manager of the Seattle Seahawks, feels and how John Snyder feels about Drew Locke. John Snyder loved Drew Locke out of when he was coming out of Missouri. If you don't believe me, go back and read the reports. Go back and read the things John Snyder said about Drew Locke. He loved him. He loved him. So there's a little bit of one of those things here where, you know, pride gets in the way or continuing with your bias or fulfilling your bias, I should say. You know, like where you want to see something through. You scouted this guy. I meaning Snyder, the GM of the Seahawks, scouted, scouted this guy. He liked this guy coming out of college. He And, and now I want to fulfill that. Now I want to show everyone why I liked Locke so much. I didn't get to draft him then because we had Russell Wilson, but now I traded for him. And now I believe that the guy that I scouted really can be an NFL quarterback. So to me, because of that exact thing, which is important, a lot of people might roll their eyes at that, but pride gets in the way, guys. This is the NFL we're talking about. This is general managers we're talking about. All right, there's ego involved. And John Snyder's a hell of a GM. He's done a great job in Seattle. But he liked Locke a lot. And because of that, I think Drew Locke has a legitimate shot to win the job up in Seattle. Now, at the end of the day, does it matter? No. Because a lot of people don't want to hear this, the NFL especially, but the NFL is not going to be listening to this, right? We're just a little podcast having fun here. To me, Seattle's tanking. To me, Seattle is doing what sports leagues hate and that they are clearly taking. Look, you can say that Pete Carroll's trying to show everybody that he can win his way and and he's being stubborn. No, no, no. Seattle's tanking. Seattle sees how nice of a QB class, and when I say nice, I mean nice, of a QB class is coming out next year, and they're tanking. They're tanking for... Bryce Young, or C.J. Stroud, they're tanking for those guys. So it doesn't matter who starts, but I did want to note that Drew Locke has a very good shot at winning this job because John Snyder, the GM, likes him. Geno Smith might end up winning it, but Drew Locke has a chance, and there's no doubt about that. And then the last one I want to talk about here, and the one that I think we really need to pay attention to, is what's going on in New York with the Giants. Because we saw something yesterday. We heard a report from a little birdie out there that Tyrod Taylor is going to get some first-team reps in practice. Brian Dable, the new coach with the Giants, said Tyrod Taylor is what they're currently calling the clear backup to the fourth-year quarterback, Daniel Jones. But if you're Daniel Jones, that's not exactly the vote of confidence that you want to hear. Like, Daniel Jones is a new... This is a new offense, a brand-new offense. You need as many reps as you can possibly get if you're Daniel Jones. Yet, they're going to give Tyrod Taylor some of those reps? Yikes. Yikes. That's not good if you're Daniel Jones. That's not good at all. Someone that's playing for their job. Someone that's playing for their last chance to be a New York Giants. Look, I I, I believe the Giants have already made their decision. I've said this long ago. Right when they hired, right when they fired Dave Gettleman, I immediately tweeted out, you can go check the tape, 
that Daniel Jones will play one more year as a Giant and then it's over. I think that the Giants have already made their decision on Daniel Jones. I believe they're done with him. I believe they're done with him. And it, that that's that. I believe they have made their decision. I think after this season, they are moving on. Most likely, they have already come up and said, listen, Joe Shane, the new general manager of the Giants, Brian Dable, the new head coach, they have nothing to do with Daniel Jones. They didn't draft him. They didn't like him coming out of college. They have nothing to do with him other than the fact that they inherited him. That's it. So they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. So after this year, Daniel Jones becomes a free agent, and he's going to go ahead and go to another team. Dave Gettleman was the only one that wanted him. He was the one that thought he was smarter than everyone else and that thought that he thought he was finding a diamond in the rough and that everyone was going to laugh at him and then look what comes along. It hasn't worked out. We've got 31 starts under our belt. We know who Daniel Jones is at this point. Now, he's a tremendous athlete. He doesn't have a ton of natural core quarterback abilities as far as anticipation. His accuracy is off. I actually think, though, he might be better than he is or than he has shown, I should say. I wasn't high on him coming out, but his athleticism and his demeanor intrigued me, okay? And listen, you you can you can say a lot of things about Daniel Jones, all right? But one thing that you have to say about him is he does have that CEO-type personality and that wit that you really want in your quarterbacks, that you really want in your franchise quarterbacks. He has that. He has the demeanor. He has the maturity. It's just, unfortunately, the talent and the winning just hasn't come along with that. And listen, to be fully honest and fair to Daniel Jones, that hasn't really been all of his fault either. The team has been a disaster his entire time in New York. The coaching situation has been a disaster. Everything has been an absolute joke. The last four-plus years for the Giants have been terrible. but. With that being said, this is how the NFL works. And when a franchise cleans house like the Giants did, and in comes a new GM, and in comes a new head coach, out goes the quarterback. And that's how this works. So these guys aren't connected to Daniel Jones in any way. And from this day on, what is the most important thing for Brian Dable and Joe Sheen to do? The most important thing for them to do, find a quarterback. Find a quarterback. Because if you're Brian Dable, you literally were hired because of what you did with Josh Allen. That is why you are hired as a head coach in the NFL. Your job security hinges on one person, and that's the quarterback. And so my assumption is, The Giants are going to move on from Daniel Jones. I believe they've already made that decision up. It's not like they have a tremendous roster around him. I mean, I still still have to go off on this real quick. The idea that they drafted Saquon Barkley number two overall, and this isn't me Monday morning quarterbacking, all right? You can go and look at my Twitter when that draft pick happened. I immediately tweeted out and said, and this has nothing to do with Barkley, by the way, but I immediately tweeted out and said, that is a terrible pick by Dave Gettleman. 
It is a terrible pick by Dave Gettleman. And it really has nothing to do with Barkley. I think Barkley's a good player. I think he's a great kid, very mature. But in today's NFL, there isn't a more insignificant position in the NFL right now than running back. I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't say insignificant because that that's belittling the players, and I feel bad saying that. I, I'll put it this way. There isn't a more interchangeable position than running back. Saquon Barkley is below average. Below average. And I'll give you two reasons why. One, he's always injured. And two, you can't leave him in pass protect. You can't leave him in pass protect. You can't leave a running back in pass protect. So what's the value? What's the value? In 2022, running back's ability to pass, protect, and catch the ball outweighs his ability to run the football. I'm sorry. For those people out there that still are hung up on the running back and how they imp- how important they are, that right there, those two factors are what makes them so important. And frankly, Barkley isn't that great of a runner anyways. Where he's not good of an, he's not a good enough runner, I should say. He's not a good enough runner where it outweighs the things he can't do, like pass protect. And that is just facts. And I'm not here to just pile on Dave Gettleman, but he did a terrible job. He did an absolutely terrible job. And that is why the Giants are in this situation. That is why Daniel Jones is in this situation. And that is why after this year, Brian Dable and Joe Sheen are going to be on the hunt to find a quarterback. And they're going to have to find one quickly because that's how this NFL works. I understand a lot of people out there think, oh, because Brian Dable did it with Josh Allen, he can do it with Daniel Jones. No, that's not why he's here. They're done with Daniel Jones. They're done with Daniel Jones, and they're looking for a new quarterback. Now, they're going to give it a go, but I do believe that eventually Tyrod Taylor will be starting, and then next year come the draft, they'll be looking for a new quarterback. So those are the quarterback competitions going around the NFL right now. Some very fascinating things going on, and we're going to follow those as we get right around the corner of the NFL season. Ladies and gentlemen, we are so close. You can taste it. You can smell it. We're right away from coffee outside smelling that fall crisp air on a Sunday morning, and I can't wait for it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this quick podcast here. Again, my name is Kayvon Izami. You can follow me on Twitter at Kayvon underscore sports. Got a lot of fun content coming out for you guys this week. We're going to do some more talk on the NFL, what's going on with the preseason storylines, just some of the fun things that are going on in the NFL right now. We'll obviously have a Watson podcast once the decision comes out on how long Deshaun Watson will be suspended. And then we're going to do a podcast on college football as well. Listen, a huge college football guy, very big in the betting space of college football as well. So for you gamblers out there, for you sports gamblers, we will do some college football future plays and some week one plays as well later on this week. So stay tuned for that again. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you soon.